Hello and welcome to another episode of Christian Deep Dive. Today, it's the start of a new year. Well, we're about a month in, but and I'm not going to say what year it is because uh, it doesn't really matter who knows what year you're listening to this. It could be the year I'm recording it. It could be 10 years from now, so it's irrelevant uh, what year you're listening to it because when you're talking about the Word of God, unless I specifically say I'm talking about a current events issue, it doesn't really matter. Today, I'm going to basically talk about how quickly life can go by. And uh, the scripture I'd like to start out with for that is coming from Psalm 103, starting with verse 15. And it says this, As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting for those who fear him. Now, it's funny when you're a child, even when you're a teenager, uh, it doesn't seem, and you think about, wow, someday I'm going to be in my 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s. And, you know, you think about that, it seems so far away. It seems like, oh, that's, you know, <laughs> that'll never happen. Only only because you think it just, it just is so far away. And yet, as I now am in the later stages of life, I see that the scripture and I look at it, and I'm just amazed uh, how quickly life has gone by. Um, it goes by much more quickly than you'll ever imagine. Um, I can remember, you know, as a kid, it seems like time between December 1st and December 25th stretched out for years. Why? Because as a little kid, you're looking forward to Christmas. And it seems like December would just take forever. Uh, just certain certain things would take, you know, so long to get through. and Suddenly, though, as you get older, and I look back now and I realize that the first record album I ever bought is 50 years old, it's just amazing. It just doesn't doesn't seem like that. I can vividly remember, you know, the birth of my four children, and now they're all in their 30s. And it seems like, wow, where did that go? And now I see my grandkids growing up just as quickly. Um, but it's not, as a Christian, it's not something to despair at because as our physical and mental abilities start to fade, as old friends start to pass away, um, familiar things or customs which were routine go away, um, you know, these realities, it shouldn't, as I said, drive us to despair, but really stimulate us because every phase of life, every phase, uh, we, there's something that we can do if you're a Christian. There's something we can do for the Lord. It's just going to change. As the scripture says, like grass, we have a limited number of days, but, you know, there's opportunity in every one of them. And that's what the, that's where the blessing comes. You know, the Bible, I don't care what age you're at, the Bible doesn't encourage us to wait till we graduate or get married or settle down uh, or wait till even we retire before we start to serve Christ. Whatever stage of life you're in, it's cause it's calling you to do that today. I think a wise person knows that we have limited time and the best way to spend it is on the Lord's errands. I remember when I first became a Christian, I was watching a show called The King is Coming. Not on anymore. It's long gone. This was over 30 years ago, maybe 40 years ago. But I never forgot the saying, the guy that ran the show used to end it by saying, remember, there's only one life that you have, which is soon going to be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. And certainly that's something I've been thinking about. You know, I think about, you look back at your life, you think of all the things that maybe you should have done or you squandered, and you realize that 
the only thing that really, really matters is anything that you've done for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, those, those that know me know that I've always been fascinated by time, specifically the fact that God is outside of time. And that just blows my mind because our limited minds can't conceive of such a concept. I mean, I'm so fascinated by it. I even wrote a book called um, Time in the Mist. It's a Christian, uh, kind of a Christian allegory story. Um, but anyway, I wrote it because I'm fascinated by time. And this, the, the thing that I want to stress here is I'm retired now, but where I used to work, time was a very important concept. There were people that I worked with. There's people I worked for that uh, had their little Blackberries. They had their little calculators of, you know, calendars and things like that. They knew exactly what they were going to be doing uh, two weeks from now at two o'clock on a Wednesday. I mean, you, if you asked them, they would look it up. Here's what I'm doing. This is what my time. This is they, they had everything down. And yet, if you went on a business trip with someone like this and you said, OK, you've got all that down. But what, where are you going to spend eternity? What happens when you die? You know, you know what you're doing in two weeks, even three weeks and four weeks. You got it down to minutia. What are you going to be doing in, two, in, in eternity? And a lot of times I would get a shrug of the shoulders and say, oh, I guess I'll find out when I die. And it just amazes me that um, people that were so meticulous about something like that, when it comes to where they'll be forever, uh, they're just very flippant about it. And sad to say, that's just the culture we're in. The country I live in is considered a Christian nation, um, but it is really far from that if you understand what true Christianity is. Uh, it basically is a culture that says, if I do more good things than bad things, then I'm going to be okay if there is a God, and if there is a heaven and hell, then there's some kind of scale. And if I do more good things than bad things, you know, if I'm not Hitler, Stalin, or Jeffrey Dahmer, or something like that, then if there is a God, if there is such a thing, then that's then I'll I'll go to heaven. So I'll worry about that later. What a what a foolish foolish thing that is to be thinking of that. Um, someday you're going to leave this world and you're going to stand before a holy God, and boy, you're going to wish you had been a lot wiser when if you aren't somebody that takes the time to figure this all out now that you don't kind of look and see that Jesus Christ is the answer and only his atoning death on the cross, the fact that he took your sin and you get to have his righteousness is the only reason that you get to spend eternity with God. That's the gospel in a nutshell, friends. And I'm afraid that the world and its many religions water it down and spread it out and make it seem like it's a it's something where, again, if you are good, the Bible says there's none good, no, not one. The people are talking and asking these questions are just trifling, but a time is going to come where they're going to have to be serious. You can't put off your soul's concerns forever. A day's coming, you will have a reckoning with God. You can't always be singing, dancing, drinking, eating, figuring out what to dress, laughing, jesting, scheming, and especially money-making. Those days will come to a close. There's a love in God, my friends, towards sinners, which is unspeakable and unsearchable. We just don't deserve his love. We don't deserve his mercy. And yet it's there if we only hear his voice and follow him. So I encourage you, to, if you haven't already, to seek to have an interest in that love. Break off every known sin and ask for his power to break it off. 
come out boldly from this world, cry to God in prayer, um, cast yourself on the Lord for time and eternity. And again, when you get to be with the Lord, time won't exist. Um, cling to nothing which interferes with your soul's salvation. This is the time. This world is like a boot camp for the next one. I talk about time. I, people have asked me, how do you explain time compared to eternity? The answer you can't. The most of our feeble brains can do. I live near the ocean now. And if I took a cup of water out of the Atlantic Ocean every hundred years and dumped it somewhere, then I could say, well, by the time I dump out all the water, then eternity's over. But you see, it'll never be over because every time I dump out a cup of water, uh, it rains and everything else during the year, and there's going to be more water in it than I started when I dumped the water out. So uh, you can't define eternity, and but someday we will be in eternity where time will not exist. And this world, look at this world, look at the state that this world is in. Um, I was in a shipwreck once when I was with the U.S. Coast Guard, and I look at this world, what I see is a shipwrecked world, fast sinking under my feet. And you need to have your place in the lifeboat. You need to have your reservation in the lifeboat, which is Jesus Christ. So I encourage all of us to give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Um, whatever happens to your house and your property, hey, it's important while you're here, but make sure you make sure of heaven. That's your heavenly home forever. I know as I speak this, I'm talking to people of various, you know, Christian denominations and things like that. And there's certain things that we must believe, such as when I said what I just said earlier, that the blood of Christ saves and it is, you must believe in his atoning death. You can't believe in anything that you did. You can't be counting, you know, you can't be like the people I talked about that say I've done more good things than bad. No, it's all, you haven't done anything good. It's, the again, the Bible says there's none good, no, not one. And you must be counting thoroughly on his blood, his saving, atoning death on the cross, and that you wear his righteousness. That's the only reason you are a Christian, the only reason you're saved. Those are the essential things, essential things, things like, uh, whether there's a millennium, whether there's a rapture, those things are important, but those are the non-essential doctrines that we can disagree about and still be Christian brothers and sisters. We can't be Christian brothers and sisters if you say that Christ did not come in the flesh, uh, that his blood does not, is not what saves us. Uh, if, if that's the case, I'm sorry, but according to the Bible, you're, you're not a Christian. We must believe in the character of God. We if we don't believe God is totally holy, we're not Christians. If we don't totally believe that God is just and righteous, we're not Christians. Uh, in addition to believing in the love of God, which a lot of people do, we also have to believe in his wrath that he will judge sin. And, he, and Jesus is the one that took that sin. We have to believe in our own personal sinful and lost condition. You know, a lot of people don't. A lot of people, again, that I've spoken with over the years, they say, well, I'm, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm not a sinful person. Yes, you are. You have not studied the Bible if you say something like that. Um, if you're someone that doesn't really know what a sinner is, uh, then we are sinners and have not have repented. We are not Christians. We can't be. There's no value in saying that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ if you don't see yourself as a sinner and you're not looking to repent of it. If you're not looking at him to justify you and then give you the grace to be sanctified, he is the Savior and Redeemer, and he's the only one. 
So a lot of people will say, well, what do I need to be saved from? Again, it's the guilt of your sin in the presence of a holy God. So you need to be clear about the doctrine of sin and your lost state and your helplessness, and then about the person and work of Christ. There's so many people that say, oh, I believe in Jesus because they think he was a good teacher or they think he had good moral values. And they're saying, well, when I die, I hope that I'm judged by Jesus. And he sees I had good moral values too. That's not it. Okay, that's not it. You have to see him as your savior. You have to see him as someone who, again, took your sin upon him and you wear his righteousness. None of your own because there isn't any. Um, this is something I just don't argue about. I've been described as narrow when I tell people that Jesus is the only way, that there's Buddha is not, uh, Krishna is not, uh, Hinduism is not, Muslimism, Muhammadism, whatever you want to call it, is not. Jesus himself said that he was the door. He was the way to the Father, the way, the truth, the life. Um, so you need to see yourself as someone who needs total regeneration. And if you don't believe in that, if you don't see its utter necessity, then you have no right to regard yourself as a Christian. If you don't see that you're so lost that nothing but receiving new life from God through Jesus Christ can reconcile you and take you to heaven, then you're lacking a vital, vital point, And it's something that is the very essence of faith. And so, like I said earlier, it's the start of this. Life seems like, if you're young, it seems like your life is going to go on forever. But I can testify you to the fact that it goes very quick. As the scripture says, it's like, withers away like grass in a field. Grass in a field doesn't last very long, does it? And neither does your lifetime. And now is the time of salvation. Now is the time to seek the one true God who is Jesus Christ, who died for your sin, who allows us to wear his righteousness. And the Father looks at us from heaven. He saw our sin upon Jesus, and Jesus was killed for it. And he looks at us, and we see he sees his righteousness in us, even though we're nothing but dirty, rotten sinners. And glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you did that, that you died for us. And so whatever stage of life you're in, and especially if you're older like myself, and you look back and you say, wow, maybe I wasted a lot of my life. Maybe I could have done better. Well, that's true of everybody. But you know, what matters now, whether you have a day left on this earth, 10 years or 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, you can decide right now, I want to live it for the Lord. Lord, give me the grace to be everything you want me to be, to repent, to be sanctified. Lord, let your grace fall upon me that my sanctification goes quicker than it's going right now. And I just ask, I know someday, Lord, when I get to be with you in heaven, I'll be glorified. And praise your name for that. And as you sit back and ponder the things of your life, and how long you've been on this earth. Let the Lord refresh you. I hope if, if if you're not a Christian, that this has meant something to you, that you'll seriously take it and ponder it as to what you need to be. be. And you're someone that's so concerned about time and where you're going to be next Wednesday at two o'clock, like some of the people I met, that you'll realize, okay, that may be important with your job and stuff like that. But it's even more important that you sit down and settle things for all eternity. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Christian Deep Dive.